Welcome back, I guess, to the Boys 161st Street, episode 141. Getting dangerously close to that episode 161 there, Chandler. So you got another episode with me and Chandler. Damon is away. Murph is working as usual. We're going to figure it out, I promise. But as always, and as probably you guys would appreciate most, Chandler and Luke here talking about the Yankees. I don't know why you're here, but we're glad you are. If you're listening to the show, if you're watching it live on YouTube or on Twitter, we appreciate you guys as well. Misery loves company. Misery does love company. So if you guys want to drink the tears, they're here. And then it will be, we'll be letting them fly. But uh, yeah, Yankees, another bad series against the uh, rivals, I guess you want to call it, from Queens. I, I don't know even what to say Can about this series. Rival if it's that one-sided? Well, I mean, historically, it's one-sided in our favor, but this season, it's one. I mean, they're not having the best year either. They are in first place, but, you know, I don't know. Basically, one little recap, 30-second recap. Game one got postponed. Game two, which is game one, happens on Saturday. I actually went to that game, and it's funny because I went to that game, and very cool moment for me. One person who sat in front of us actually recognized me. He was like, hey, is this your podcast? I was like, hey, yeah, that is my podcast. It's pretty cool. Thanks for following. Appreciate it for listening. So, if you are listening to that guy, I didn't catch his name, but appreciate you. And also, I met some t- two new friends. One was a Mets fan, one was a Yankees fan. They were from Texas. So if you guys are listening, appreciate you guys. Actually, after that game, that game was 8-3. Bad time all around. It was way uglier than 8-3, too. It was 6 nothing for the longest time. Whatever. Met these guys, and after the game, they actually came back to my apartment, and we went out and on the town. We went bar hopping in New York City. Ended up going out until like 5 a.m. Never done that before. Did it. Really cool. Good guys. Local folk. Not local. They're from Houston. So, <laughs> well, from Austin. But yeah, Very close. that was a fun time. So shout out to those guys and shout out to the guy who, who saw me in front of me. That was all really cool. But yeah, Yankees lose that game and the doubleheader happens. They split the doubleheader. Uh, lots to talk about here. Lots to unpack. We got some voicemails in the back end of this show. But how you doing, Chandler? Yeah. Um, I'm okay. I'm more, I'm more happy that I didn't have to watch the Yankees today than the fact that I didn't have to work. So that's something. Small wins. There was actually a little part on the f- fourth. I don't know what the fuck that was yesterday. Yeah. Before oh, happy the Fourth of July to everybody! By the yeah, way, there you that go. was fun. Before uh, the doubleheader, I was pretty locked into a cornhole tournament on ESPN. And there was a small part of me that kind of wanted to watch it. It was knotted up. There's a big comeback. It was like the number one guy in the world. I was like, you know what? I could watch the if it wasn't for Garrett Cole, who turned out to be a fucking dud anyway. I think I would have stuck with the cornhole. I really, I really and truly think that dude cornhole is fun. Watching it live, especially they get they're good at it. They make every bag. They always they they do a they do a a, a, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. They do listen. They do listen to the rule that is you have to have a drink in your hand. I'm pretty sure last time I checked, they're always holding the drink, and that is a rule. I'm glad to see that being a nationally recognized rule. You don't do that. That's not nationally. Are you? I think you're wrong on that one. The rule with cornhole is you have to have a drink in your hand so that you, yeah, you have the bags in the other not hand. Like, not the like national championships. I don't know about that, but I do know about that. I watched it for like two. When I watched, hours. they had they had a drink in their hand. It was pretty cool. 
I don't. I think shout I'm out on the Yankees in the chat. Free Ambergy. I I agree. Trey Ambergy needs to be brought up right now. Right now. I, I, yes. Why not? Why yes. not? But uh, yeah. Shout out to you in the chat. If you're in the chat in the YouTube, shout out to all you guys. But uh, yeah, not a fun time. We'll get into the games. Honestly, before we get into hot or not, do you want to bring up one thing there, Chandler? <coughs> Excuse me, a little sick. But yeah, um, I was just thinking. I'm trying to think of any team in any team sport recently that's underperformed expectations this bad. Like I know there's teams that have been worse and have played worse, but has any team that you can think of in recent memory played this bad with this kind of expectation? I mean, for me personally, as some of you may know, if you're listening to this podcast for a while now, I'm also an Eagles fan. Don't ask me why. I'll tell you why. It's because when I was four years old, I liked the jerseys. And yeah, I know it's weird. It doesn't sound like a good reason to be a fan, but I was four, so fuck off. But, but um, yeah, the Eagles dream team, allegedly, that 2011 team, when uh, it was Mike Vick coming back, coming out of prison, um, he was supposed to be legendary. He was, I mean, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, they signed Namdi Asimov. That team was literally called the dream team. So I think that one had loftier expectations than this Yankees team, although this team was supposed to, you know, be up there to win the World Series. So I think that definitely applies for me. I don't know. Did you have any idea? Any team? I mean, that's a pretty loaded question, but I do think that question makes sense as to like, this team is one of the few, I feel like, that had this high of expectations and is actually being this bad. Yeah, I mean, like, there's plenty out there, I'm sure. A couple that come to my mind, like the 2019 Browns after they signed Odell Beckham. Yeah. Uh, Baker was coming off that. And then the one that kind of hits home for me, the 2017 FSU football team. They were like the number three team in the country leading off the year with Alabama. And then they had to reschedule Louisiana Monroe just to make a fucking bowl game. So that's kind of where my mind goes with that. I'm sure there's plenty out there. I was kind of reading through some lists because I was like, surely there's no team. Uh, like, I legitimately can't think of another team that had this high of expectations and shit the bed this much. Yeah, I can't. I, I mean, that when, when you asked me that question, I didn't even remember the Dream Team at first, but that one is probably, I think that one's worse than the, when, than the Yankees, but like, this this story hasn't been finished yet, so you never know. This could get we're in chapter fuck we're halfway through the book on this one, so it could get worse. Well, it could get better. Stat? What's but, the stat you were telling me before? Like just to make the wild card game, we have to play like in order to make the wild card game, we have to go forty seven it's projected. This is projections, but obviously I I, I trust the projections. We would have to go forty seven and thirty two for the rest of the way to get that second wild card spot. And on top of that, I think you had the better number here for the the uh, if we were we would have to have the best stretch of games in MLB history over the next second half of the year here to get to win the ALEs. And I don't even think that's remotely possible. But did you know exactly what we had to do in terms of to win the ALEs if that were to happen? It was like 50 or 60-something wins. So whatever the math is on that. I think it was like 60-something and like 27 or something dumb like that. It's just something. It was like a six. Six six sixty six seventy win percentage, which is just not going to happen. No, but just to put that in perspective to people that like obviously the AL East is not happening, and I think if you haven't realized that yet, here's your little bit of a reality check because that's just not going to happen. But there is a chance to win to to make the playoffs, and that chance is getting smaller and smaller by the day. We're going to still be here talking about it throughout the rest of the season, but like I mean. I mean, it's we, we've talked about it at the either. top of the show for a, a long time now, and it's been like, oh, 
our our playoff chances percentage projected by like Fangraphs or whatever the fuck it was was like sitting at seventy six percent. It was obviously at like a hundred to begin the year, and shortly after that, even when we were struggling, then it dropped to seventy six percent or whatever, and we were like reacting to like, oh, that actually didn't drop that much considering how bad we were playing. And then I think it was last episode that it was finally like sixteen percent. We were like, holy shit. Vegas finally turned around on us, and they're, like, finally realizing this team's not really the best. And I think it's mainly just the hole we're in now. So, like, even if we do start playing well at some point, if we do make some deals, this team is in a deep fucking hole. We're at, we're halfway through the year now, and we're 500. Like, it, or one game above 500 now. So, I don't know, man. We're one game above 500, and then listen to the stretch we have to get through the rest of July. There's not a chance in hell we're above 500. We're going to Seattle, who's <clears throat> like a game behind for the second wild card right now. They're sneaky, not bad. Yeah, we're going to Houston, who's one of the hottest teams in baseball. Then we're playing Boston, then the Phillies, then Boston again, then Tampa. Good night. We're done. Don't, I mean, don't hurt yourself anymore. Enjoy this team for what it is, even though you can't enjoy it because it's the laziest brand of baseball I've ever seen. But just, just, I think we all need to start looking towards 2022 if we're going to be thinking playoffs. <clears throat> yeah. Did you want to get into hot or not? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess we have to, right? I mean, if there's a hot section, I'll be surprised. We should start with the knots, honestly. But I'm, I'm going to start with the hots, and then we'll end with the – we need to bring ourselves up a little bit, but we'll start with the hots. There are actually a few hots, to be honest. So, Okay. First on the hot list is Mr. Chad Green. And more conversation to be had here after. But he had three perfect innings last game yesterday. Finished off with an immaculate inning. And he's just been pretty damn good all season. Mr. Reliable. Can't say the same for some other people that maybe talked about later. Are you buying or selling that? Bye-bye. Nestor Cortez. Full season now. 21 innings pitched. 1.29 ERA. 1.54 FIP. 12.43 K per nine. What was that FIP number again? 1.54. I mean, I guess I have to. I look like an idiot selling it every time. He just keeps proving me wrong. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, whole hot list. that was the whole hot list. There's not much. I do want to get in a lot of conversation. Well, I mean, naturally, I could say Judge again because he's playing well again. He's leading, league, leading the team offensively. He's still piling on some stats for a good year as a total, like just solo year. Aaron Judge could still win MVP. And... That he's 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 building that that resume up for this season, but and I could have said that, but I've said so much when I whenever we do hots, I try to bring new conversation up. So yes, I could have brought Judge up. Yes, I probably could have brought Gary up, but I I would like to just hone in on these two guys because they're going to promote a lot more conversation for this episode in particular. Uh, you said Chad Green buy Nestor buy, not even a cautionary buy for Nestor. So that was something that I think you have done in the past because I have brought up Nestor before. But now I think the sample size is a little bit bigger. You've sold it before. I've sold them every time, and I just look like an idiot, which I'm happy. That's you know, people always get upset at us, like you know, just wait till player X goes off. You guys are gonna look like fucking idiots. Like let him get on the field, you dumbass. Like, hey man, we're all Yankees fans here. I hope I'm wrong. I hope to, and I'll be the first person to tell you I'm wrong. Like Tim LaCastro, he actually looked pretty good. He's got an open invite to come on here and tell me how fucking awful I am at my job at any day. I don't care. <laughs> no, listen, like, but the, t- the Tim LaCastro thing is not – we shat on him almost just because he was a – he just happened to be the guy in the crosshairs. 
It, he, it could have been anybody that wasn't a big move in that moment. We took a shot at him because he wasn't the fucking fix to this team. It was, and, and he happened to have bad numbers this season, and he's just not like a big name. that We, we would have wanted somebody bigger than that, and he just happened to be the first guy signed. Now, is he going to be the only guy signed? Maybe not. Maybe we get other people. Maybe no. we shouldn't. Make sure you say trade because people were flipping the fuck Oh, out. yeah. They got the point. <laughs> so... Is he going to be the only guy we trade for? Maybe, maybe not. I hope I, at this point we're, we'll have a conversation about that in a little bit about buying or selling, like we always do. But like we'll we'll hit that in a bit. But like he happened to be the first guy to be signed, and obviously that's not the, the fix of the Yankees. So that's why we kind of made fun of that because we need a bigger move than that. Now to get you back on track, yeah. I'm going to tell you the moment that I bought Nestor Cortez. When I saw him put his leg behind his other leg in his little wind-up thing. That was At that awesome. moment, I was like, you know what? I don't care if he has a 15 ERA the rest of the year. I'm, I'm sold. I'm done. This is him. This is our guy. So, yes, these numbers are good. 21-inning pitch is, is pretty pretty good, too. He has just as, almost as many innings as Chapman does this year. So, we'll take that with, with how you will. Um, but, man, the FIP is there, too. The case per nine are high. 12.43 Ks per nine is very high. And I get it. He doesn't have as much of a sample size as other guys like Loisga, who is just a fucking workhorse, which I will mention him in a little bit. And Chad Green has also been just as much of a workhorse as Loisga. But, like, man, Nestor, they, I was watching the the Sunday Night crew, who I wouldn't even call them a crew. It's just fucking Matt Vascurgeon and A-Rod. But they were they were making mention of it. And it's, it is a little bit interesting to have them... The one thing I will take out of the Sunday night crew is like I like hearing a different set of eyes on this team, not necessarily a team that's been watching them like our home announcers have every year. So it's it's almost like national recognition, whatever they say is like what the world's thinking. So I kind of like that perspective of it. So I think it was Matt Vescurgeon was talking about how genuinely hard it must be to hit Nestor Cortez. He doesn't blow anything by you. He has, I think he even said that night he didn't top 93 all night, which is obvious we've we've talked about Nestor not being a guy like that who has crazy fast stuff he's a small guy I don't think he can throw that hard even if he fucking put his kids on the ball but like those those you see it with guys like Johnny Cueto and it's just like that can't be easy to hit and even and I will give this to A-Rod too A-Rod was saying dude things like that throw a hitter off hitting is all about timing it's all about all that stuff and he does the the, the Cueto type thing and He's doing it, and he's a lefty versus Cueto as a righty, so that may be even more difficult to hit. I'm, I mean, I was going to say I'm not going to compare the two, but Cueto is not, not anything crazy himself, so it's a pretty good comparison, to be honest. And that thing, like you said, when he put his finger, foot behind the other foot. <laughs> One thing I wanted to bring up a little bit, too, at what point is it a balk? Because I, he's testing the limits on the balk yeah, rule. I thought that was a balk, but I don't, I don't, <laughs> apparently I don't know the balk rules. But, dude, I saw something the other day, and it's kind of true. It's like Nestor Cortez is partially impossible to hit because you're laughing too fucking hard when you're in the box. Did you see there. Nimmo laugh right after yeah. that that one where he crossed his foot? He was like, oh, Nimmo my God. He had to step out because he was laughing so hard when he did the, like, 65 foot pumps back there, and Otani just stepped out and was just dying laughing. Like, I mean, fair enough. Like, I don't know the balk rules. I don't know if there are balk rules. Apparently, they're not. But I do remember that one guy. I think it was last year. He did the foot tap thing, and that was a balk. So I don't know. And and because the rule is, if you do it every time, it's not a balk. But he changes it up every time. So I don't even know. If you know the answer to this, send us a DM. Tell us the balk rule because we don't know it. 
and he's testing the fuck out of the limits. But man, Nestor's been great this year. I did want to bring up one thing about Nestor and Green, to be honest. If you were to rank the trust tree right now, and we're going to get into a little bit more of a conversation about this also, because as you can imagine, who's going to hit the not list? There's a little bit somebody whose name rhymes with a Schmaldis Patman, and it, that's, I don't know, but... <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Though. Yeah, no, but uh, in terms of the trust tree, I'll tell you mine in a sec, but where would you rank your trust tree? Unless you want me to go first, because I already told you behind the scenes here. Uh, I'll go first since you already told me. Also, just a quick thing on Chad Green before I get into that. Kind of a working theory. <clears throat> I feel like he's been good since he got... You remember when he got sent down like two years, like 2019. He's been good. I feel like he gets a bad rap because he always has one game every year where he just fucking implodes. Yeah. Like last year was against the Mets. We gave up like eight runs in an inning, and they just, I think they hit four straight home runs off of him. And like, what in the fuck is going on? So that's my theory. I think he's been solid, but I think that one game per year just makes everybody, like, dude, what the hell happened to this guy? Well, his numbers, his numbers this year are four forty three innings pitched, forty three point one. Excuse me. That that point one is pretty big because people like Chapman can't even get an out this 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 recent outing. So the point one is important. So no sorry chance. for that. Sorry for that, Chad. Uh, I think Chapman's last five appearances, he hasn't recorded an out or something ridiculous. Like last like five innings, he's been brought in. He hasn't recorded an out. Something ridiculous. That like would that. be ridiculous. It was something along those lines. It was like, I remember the numbers by the stat. It was 10 well, pump, five, pump it, pump it, pump it. We'll get to Chapman in a second. He's going to okay. make the not list spoiler alert, but okay. Okay. Here's um, my hold on. But okay. Chad Green this year has had a 3.03 expected ERA. So his numbers are, are in line with what he's been doing. I think he has a two, two, eight really array and a three Oh nine FIP. So he's, he's been having a good year this entire year. So I think he had one implosion game earlier in the year. We gave I think so too. I think you're right. I think those are the ones you remember. And it's just like, yeah. And then you don't trust him for a month or two after that. Because he's also not a flashy player. So you don't remember just like him consistently putting in the work and like, you know, I don't know. He just, he's he looks like an average Joe guy. And I think that plays into, you know, you remember the bad shit. You don't remember the good shit. But go ahead. He's an easy punching bag for some reason. Yeah. Just like every time I see him when he does, like I like Chad Green too. Every time he does bad, I just, it makes me so much more mad than what's <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It's just like, man, fuck that guy. Like, what <laughs> I, do? I actually like Chad Green. I don't know why I'm like freaking out right now. We're going to miss the playoffs anyway. Who gives a shit if he gives up a run? Well, we'll pump the brakes <laughs> on that. Maybe not yet. Okay, here we go. Trust tree. Finally, to answer your question from like 10 minutes ago. One, I think it's a no-brainer. If you don't pick Loisega, then you're not watching the games. Um, Chad Green. And then, fuck, who else is even in the bullpen that isn't terrible? I guess I would go um, Nestor right now because Britain's hurt. Uh, Chapman, I don't know what to say about him. We'll get to that, but... And then you got Wandy Peralta, Sessa, all those guys. I just like I'm trying to think if I'm missing somebody obvious, but uh, right you are now, missing I, one guy obvious. Am I missing one obvious one? My favorite pitcher on the planet, who had a little bit of a rough routing. Oh, Darren O'Day. I forget Darren O'Day is on the team sometimes. Coming off injury, so it's not not you can you can you could forget about him a little bit, but he's back I and he did. Him, I would put him behind Nestor right now, though. He gave up a fucking nuke. To Pete Alonso the other night, he just threw an eighty-five mile. Yeah, right and then he little. settled in a little bit. But I think, to be honest, I think you just—I shouldn't have told you before we got on the air because you just straight up stole everything that I had to say. But I, wrote, I have it written down here for the folks at home. Uh, I wrote down Trust Tree, Loaziga, Chad Green, Nestor Cortez, O'Day, 
three feet of shit, Chapman, Peralta, Wilson. And you just, just robbed me of that. So tip my cap to you for remembering what I said. You clearly listen. So that's what more than Damon can say. So you did listen to me. Hey, <laughs> that's more than Damon can say. Yeah. So I put, I put Luizic at the top. And, and like you said, if you're not putting him at the top of your trust tree, for those watching at home and watching live in the chat, let us know. What do you guys think is your trust tree? Because I'm curious because it, it is halfway through the year now. And I brought this up because I wanted to kind of reassess the way the bullpen's being used. If you were manager tomorrow, would you keep rolling out the same shit? Because we're going to get into the conversation in a little bit about Chapman and the closer role. Just a teaser. No, like we'll get there week. in a second. But I think in, to tease that a little bit and to open that conversation up, you're nuts if you don't put Loisic at the top of the trust tree. Trust tree is not saying he should be the closer. That's a conversation for 10 minutes from now. But that means... <laughs> I when he comes in, I'm most confident. So I think oh, Loisaga yeah. is absolutely at the top there. I think Chad Green's absolutely number two, and I think Nestor comes into that three spot for sure. Since Britain's down, I I think Britain probably would be there if he was if he was healthy. Granted, he also if he was healthy could have potential to be blown up right now also. So you never know. But historically, I would put Britain there, and then Darren O'Day. Although he gave up the home run, he settled in a little bit, and he's been great all season when he was healthy, and he's probably shaking off some rust too. So we gotta give him a little bit of chance to come back there but then yeah three feet of shit chapman peralta wilson the chapman thing just pisses me off and i guess we should do you want to just get into the knots now um unless you have one more comment about I, that. I, well i was just gonna say i think as the stat i saw the other day that the bullpen has like a nine something era during the stretch we're in and that's just fucking bad also justin wilson newest member of the sun get the fuck out of the field Don't oh yeah so back. those who are keeping score at home Justin Wilson, newest member of the Sun, he goes up and joins. I think it's Sessa, Ford, and Brooks Kriske are current members of the Sun. It, it, I don't know what the maximum occupancy is on the Sun, but we're, we might be pushing it there. I know the Sun's pretty big, but I don't know how many people can live on the Sun without burning up. So, I don't know, man. That is the current... I'm getting close to just like having to make a second one or something. Like, well, yeah, then the moon, I think, becomes a thing. No, the moon's a good thing. I, I don't, you said that before. This. I don't agree that, with that. But Dude, every time something good happens, we're going to the moon. Like Dogecoin, like Miggy. Things Dogecoin. going to the moon are a good thing, but being sent to the moon is a different thing. And I've said that before, but you know, I don't know. Let's do the knots. All right. Recurring segment here on, uh, on the show, and that is not just hot or not. That's just knots being the primary thing here. So, uh... Garrett Cole, first eight starts, 52.2 innings pitched, 137 ERA, 78Ks, and three walks. His last nine starts, 52.1 innings pitched, same thing, 447 ERA, 57 strikeouts, 17 walks versus the three in the prior 50. I'm scared. I don't know that I'm buying it's that bad because he is a talented guy, but I'm scared. Araldis Chapman. First 17 games, pretty similar, you know, way of going about this as, as the Cole situation. The first 17 games, 17 innings pitched, negative .02 FIP. Didn't know it could go negative there, but that's, I guess, how dominant he was or how much spider attack he was using. .60 XFIP, 58.3% K percentage, 9.7% walk percentage. Last 15 games, 11.57 ERA. 10.36 FIP, 20% K percentage versus 
22% walk percentage versus 9. I'm buying it. Too many. <laughs> too many. You got to replay the sound, I guess. Buying that. Next, we have Glaber Torres. Last 23 games, 179 batting average, 51 WRC+. Plus. Exit velo, average exit velo on the season, 85.9 miles per hour. He's lower than Brett Gardner, and he's the third lowest on the Yankees, just ahead, just ahead of Tim LaCastro and Tyler Wade, both of which haven't really been hitting much and aren't necessarily known to be silver sluggers. I don't know if it's just my negativity based on what I've seen recently, but I'm, I'm, I'm starting to buy that. <sighs> It does seem like this is the, like what people come here to listen to, the not segment of this entire show. And uh, yeah, these these two, two of the three of these names, I didn't expect to have to say as frequently as we have been. And we are. And here we are. And Garrett Cole, you know, after the crackdown, he had a few bad starts. People called him out for the sticky shit and the spin rates being down. He kind of shut them up after that by especially directly shutting up one of them being Josh Donaldson. And then, then you look at the numbers now and as they've been piling up, and his last nine starts. So basically, it's even on both sides the amount of innings he's thrown before and after the crackdown. Dude, one three seven versus four four seven is not. You can't throw that away. That's pretty pretty obvious. Um, four point four seven is not very high, but you know, compared comparatively to what he was doing before. That's 324 million. That's fucking astronomical. Okay. I know. And the difference is what we're really honing in on. The one difference I will mention, and I mentioned it with emphasis during the hot or not three walks versus 17 walks in the same amount of time. And that's directly due to the sticky shit, not being on his fingers. And I don't care what you say about that. And I, I was very not, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm, it's, it's getting hard to defend at this point, and I am definitely, I would say, if I was in your shoes, saying worried or not, I'm worried also. You said you were worried. Why is that? I'm scared. I just, yeah. it's becoming a trend. Like, three of his last six starts, he's given up at least four runs. He went three innings. He went three innings against the Mets. What the, f- I mean, this is your guy that's your workhorse that's supposed to go out there and give you the only guy on this team that can go give you seven, eight, nine if you need it. And he can't get out of the fucking fourth inning. That is an issue. That is a huge, huge, huge issue. It's not like the Mets are out there fielding the dream team of hitters. We talked about it with um, Mark last week. The, The fucking Mets cannot hit. And... They knocked around Garrett Cole like it was their fucking job, man. They abused Garrett Cole. Like, I know they weren't just hitting laser beams and everything like that, but they made him work. He threw 100 pitches in three and a third innings. Like, that is an issue. That is a huge, huge issue. It's not like this is a one-time thing, like, oh, shit. He didn't have it today. It's been, like you said, nine games. That's that's a big sample size for a pitcher. That's bad. That's very, very bad. His last line was 3.1 innings pitch, six hits, four runs, six Ks, and a home run in the first again. So that's been his issue. You know, it's just what he's been doing. He, the walks are something that really, really make me nervous. And What makes me nervous is that he wasn't amazing on the Pirates. And then, I mean, he was good. He was an upper-tier starter. And then he went to the Astros, who have been known to cheat. Um, 
tamper with the game from time <laughs> to time. I'm going to pull a Rob Manfred and protect them a little bit on that. No, they're fucking cheaters. So he went to the Astros, who have been known to cheat, and everybody on the rotation spin rate miraculously went up like 800 rotations per minute. So that's why I'm a little bit worried that he was okay on the Pirates, okay to good. Then he became an ace on the cheating Astros, and then he was an ace here until the crackdown, and now we're seeing flashes of Pirates Garrett Cole, and that's my biggest concern. I'm not ready to be like, oh, he wasn't worth all that money. You did mention the $324 million, all that stuff, and I know you're not. that's not what you mean, but I am saying there are people out there like, oh, my God, he needs to go. Like, All right, pump the brakes in that camp, but yeah. if you're not worried about this that's you're not really watching because the, this is there is a clear difference i don't know dude i don't know i really hope he just can turn it around but I, I think that's that's my question to you and i guess my point in this whole thing is like i don't think he's just gonna turn it around it there it was a different story early on in this skid after the the sticky shit was getting cracked down on and i was like oh whatever it's been it was a, f- a few starts he'll, he'll turn it around i don't think i'm there anymore i don't think i'll just be like yeah he'll turn it around and do this 137 ERA, 78K, Cy Young-like thing. You know, maybe he still win the Cy, will win the Cy Young. He's just got Shane Bieber and a few others to beat out. He is this good he's of a pitcher. He's going to steal it from Nestor Cortez. If <laughs> he wants he's going to have to steal it from Nestor for sure. But I, I think that that was that's where I'm at with the Garrett Cole thing is I don't think he's just going to fucking flip around and turn, turn the page right now. I think he's got a high enough baseball IQ. Because if you listen to the man talk, he's a fucking genius at baseball. I don't know how he is in other shit. I'm assuming he's a smart guy. He talks like he's smart. But his baseball IQ is off the fucking charts. I think that is what gives me hope that he'll learn how to pitch without the sticky shit. Because he's so technical and so mechanical, methodical, if you will, with everything he does that I think he'll be able to do it. But like you said, it's not an overnight fix. Fuck no. No, that's going to take weeks and weeks to read you're basically reinventing yourself you don't have that crutch anymore to lean on i don't know when i hear reinvent myself or reinvent yourself i think of when people talked about cc being you know not throwing fast anymore he's still throwing 100 too which i don't i don't saying it like that i'm saying in terms of you're gonna you can't just rip off a knuckle curve on a 3-0 count and dot it on the black exactly where you want it anymore you're gonna have to reinvent your pitch sequence and shit like that because you can't locate as well. Yeah, as well. I, I think I think mainly what it is has been location for him, and that is obvious with what you're watching and the walk numbers and all that. And I think just missing your spots and he gives up home runs and and that's he's been getting hit. That's it. Simple as that. And I haven't looked at the advanced stats there. Maybe that is something that uh, the action guys can tell us in, in their new segment that will be coming out in the Friday episode. Teaser to that. But um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely worried. I think that's all I have to say about that. In other news, I'm thinking people that I'm also worried about. Chapman, like you said, you are worried about him, obviously. I think we have to pull out the conversation here. People are talking about it. Should you pull him from the closer role? What are your thoughts on that? If there's ever a time to do it, it's right now. I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? I I don't think he should be out there right now anyway, even if we were winning games, because he's broken. I mean, he is... He's he is a broken man up there. I was, that's like, what I was gonna say. He's a broken man, and you could see it. He looks, he looks lost. He doesn't he look even shocked scared. when he blows another save. He does throw yeah. his hands in the air and go like this. And yeah, I, I don't know, like, man. It's oh, just fuck. Here we go again. Oh two, you're drilling a guy. He missed his spot by 
28 feet on that fucking hit by pitch and then he walks the next guy on four pitches and he gets fucking yanked hanging slider then, give up the fucking home run well the game before that against the angels he walked the bases loaded gave up a grand slam walked two more and we're just like holy hell man like, in that last what? start zero outs one hit three runs one walk one home run and he's up to a four seven one year right now like that's so high considering before that i mean i mentioned it before 17 innings pitch Point negative point zero two FIP, point six zero ex- expected FIP, eleven five seven ERA. Like in the last fifteen games, that's gonna fucking do it. And the biggest thing there too, the difference between the numbers, he had a sixty percent K percentage. He was striking out sixty percent of people. Twenty now. He's just getting hit and he's walking twenty two percent versus nine point seven. And I don't want to get too bogged down in the numbers, but when you're dealing with a guy like Chapman, who is who is like a guy who can light up the stat sheet in terms of numbers. When they're this different, it's fucking crazy, man. And the point, the, ne- the negative .02 FIP versus a 10.36 FIP is ridiculous. Those are two different players. That's like when you look at somebody who, you know, you're playing online and it will be the show and you're fucking smoking a person and you're looking at it. You don't see who you're playing against. And then all of a sudden you just start ripping their fucking or you're playing bad against the person. And all of a sudden they turn into God because probably a 13-year-old kid passed the controller along to like their older brother who now knows how to play. And it's just like, this is a different person pitching right now. It's just it's like, where was that guy? Or where is he now? Can we ever get him back? And, and onto the question of can you pull him from the closer role, like you said, I agree. I think he gets pulled from the closer role. And I personally would put, I think I, I think I would have the most trust in Green there because he's been around the block. I know the conversation you've been talking about a lot was – they're grooming Luizia before the season started or they're, right at yeah. the beginning of the season. I think now is as good of a time as ever to start getting Luizia. Who fucking cares? Like at some point, the front office has to admit to themselves that this team is not winning anything. Even if they make the playoffs, they're not winning dick. Like, sorry, this team as constructed, even CC Sabathia said it, who's the biggest fucking Yankee supporter of all time. He even said on his show that the Yankees, as constructed, are not going to make the playoffs. And if they do, they're not going to win shit. And I agree 100%. So what do you have to lose by putting in, A, your best pitcher, and B, you know, the guy that presumably he has all the tools necessary to be the next closer? And he's not that old. So, like, I don't know. To me, it's a no-brainer at least while Chapman figures out whatever the hell is going on right now. If you want to put him back in the closer role, if you're somehow contending later in the year and you want to put him in the closer role, that shows that he's not a fucking just mental midget anymore. Go ahead. But like I said, right now, why not? What yeah. do you have to lose? I think it's a similar situation to what happened to the guy that I think should be in the closer role right now. Again, it's I think it's a temporary fix. I think Chapman is a very good pitcher. But I think what he's doing right now, he needs a little bit of a little bit of a reset. And I think that happened to the guy that I want in there. I want Chad Green in there. They sent down Chad Green. He's been great ever since. He has a few blow-ups here and there, like we mentioned before. But I think I would rather currently have Chad Green in the closer role only because you know, I mean, one, he's coming off of what he just did. And he threw three perfect innings and an immaculate inning. He looks as good as it gets right now. That being said, I, I wouldn't be upset if it was Loisga or Green. I just think that Loisga's young. If you just throw him into the fucking closer role, he could have a hiccup there. I think Chad Green would be more suited to just, you know, take the take the fucking baton and run with it. I think I think Loisga can I, he can do it. I just think that there would be less hiccups if Green were to do it, just because of the age thing. 
would I be upset if they put Loisga in there and he started? Would I be shocked if they put him in there and he just started doing well? No, not really. But I think the safer thing right now, especially here's the thing too. Who gives a fuck? Like you said, like I just don't think you can keep running Chapman out there when he's blowing literally everything. And if that is sad, is true that you said that he hasn't recorded an out in like the last three starts. I, I think it's I think it's pretty much obvious. And I think if you don't, I think if you do run back out there again. Like, that's just another chapter in the book of just things I don't agree with from Boone. It's just... I just, like, I thought I saw him. I was cooking dinner, so I was, like, half watching the second game, and I saw him stand up in the bullpen, and I lost my fucking mind. I think he was just moving spots when they put the camera on him, but... What'd you cook? I I had chicken marsala. Wow. See, I asked because I figured you made something nice, and that that is something nice. And admittedly, my dad made it, but I do All know right. how to make Never it, mind. if that is any consolation. It's not. Okay, I'll go fuck myself. I would like to hear from you guys if uh, who you would want in the closer role. I think that conversation stems to the trust tree a little bit, but you know, I, I wouldn't be upset with the top two. I, would, I, would, I honestly wouldn't even be upset if it was Nestor out there, because the way he's fucking pitching. Uh, I, think, I obviously don't think that's going to happen, but... You know, man, I, I don't know. last two, here you go. Here's a stat for you. In Chapman's last two appearances, he has recorded one out, given up seven earned runs, two home runs, and has walked four and hit one. I don't even know what to get say it to done. That. No. It's not going to get it done. In my professional opinion, that's bad news. One thing in this game, too, the Chapman blow-up game. Um, was that the Chapman blow-up game? No, this is the game after. So this is game one of... Wait, this is the same game. Yeah, this is the Let same. me say this real quick, too. The um, the game before that, too, before these full-on implosions, he also gave up two runs and almost blew that game. Yeah. So with this game, that was the fan interference game, too, which I just wanted to make mention to that because... I think there needs to be some kind of rule in place where if it's the opposing fan, then it doesn't benefit them because it was a Mets fan who very clearly hung over the fence. And it wasn't even one of those close ones like, oh, I think he had a chance to catch it. I think I think it was Tim LaCastro back there. I think he had a shot to catch that. I think he was online to catch it. He would have ran into the wall. But I think you got to give the be- the benefit of the doubt to the the outfielder there, considering he was literally half his body was hanging over the fence. And it was a Mets fan like... I don't think you give them the double there. I think he got a double for that, and it scored two or scored one. I don't think you can give him that. I think there needs to be a rule in place where, like, depends on the the shirt the kid's wearing. If he's wearing a fucking uh, Mets jersey, then he may, you know, Yankees get a little bit of a break there, call it an out, whatever. I don't. I just. I don't. I don't agree with that. There. I don't. Know. I just think. Um, I don't know. I kind of get it. And I, I kind of agree. I think everybody wrote it off that Tim LaCastro had no shot at catch that. He kind of had a shot. If he missed it, all the runs were going to score, and that is what it is. It ended up benefiting the Yankees, so I'm not, like, mad about it. But at the same time, I think if you're that fucking ignorant in the stands to where you're doing that, I think you should your team should be penalized for it. Like, just to, just to make sure that fans aren't pulling shit like that. Like, if you actually care about your team and you're doing shit like that, I think it should be an out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know. That just wanted to bring that up. And, you know, because it happened the other day. But Just wanted to bring that up because I think that was something that uh, was a little, oh. bit of a, a little bit of a gripe for me. 
I agree. I want to bring... Gripe alert! Great use. I think it's... it's anyway, very, shout, out, shout out to the chat. Jet Black said, I hate fan interference no matter the fan. Agreed. I think... Agreed. Do you think, Jet Black, do you think that there should be a rule to penalizing the, the fan that does it? Makes His team. Say penalize like that. Penalize. So... Uh, while Jet Black is getting back to us on that one, what else do we want to talk about? We got a lot more that we want to talk about. I'm just forgetting for a second. So Chandler, get me back on track here. Okay, so if uh, if we were to sell, I know a lot of people are talking about it right now. Like, oh, trade Chapman, trade X, trade Y, trade Z. It's just like, who would you realistically think? I know the Yankees say they're not going to sell, but at a certain point, and yes, he says they should get kicked out, but I think there should be a, pe- a penalty in game, and they should, or at least they shouldn't be rewarded for the double. That doesn't make sense to me. But if we were to sell, who are you selling, Chandler? Um, I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, you'd be able to unload all those contracts. Like, yeah, let me get rid of Chapman, Britton, and what uh, Stanton all in one, just boop, gone, and then let me get a good return. That's just not realistic. Nobody's going to take on those contracts, and Hal's a cheap piece of shit. Speaking of which, did you see that Michael Brantley and Kyle Schorber both wanted to be Yankees and pitched yeah. themselves to the Yankees, and they told them no, that there was too much of a financial strain? So when we were talking about that preseason, the Schwarber thing, I mean, yeah, he's, hit, he's hitting the cover off the ball right now, but I, I was on record saying that I wouldn't really want him. Yes, he's a lefty. But he doesn't really have a. He's not a great fielder in the outfield. He'd be more of the same in terms of the defense. He would be home runner bust. So I was in the camp that I didn't really want him necessarily. You know, turning him away. I think the more of the egregious thing is is the Brantley thing because that's somebody I did want. He is a lefty. His defense is all right. But you know, you can live with that if you get another basically DJ Lemayhew in there, and he's tearing the cover off the ball too, at least offensively and. That's a guy we need to break up that home runner bust mentality. And if you got, dude, it's been it's been Lemayhu and Brantley going at it for the batting title for the past couple of years, and Brantley's doing it again. Lemayhu's slacking a little bit, but like if you had a chance to get a guy like that to break up a little bit of that home runner bust, one player at a time, that's all I want from this team. You obviously can't fix things overnight, like you said, but one one player at a time you can, and that would have been a move in the right direction to get guys like that that I've been trying to get forever. Like if I was owner of this team. I would go out and get like a guys like Whit Merrifield and players that can do multiple things and steal bases. Starlin Marte, like I said, who still may be on the team. Just guys like that. If you can do it one piece at a time, I understand it can't be done overnight. You got to go and do it. Offered a, uh, an extension today by the Marlins. Was he? Yeah, they were like twenty million short of his asking price, but they started with an actual concrete offer today. So. Well, that makes me upset because that means they're probably going to lock him up. And yeah, dude, I don't, I don't really understand why they would do that. Why would they do that? I don't even want him. Sell, sell. Like, read the fucking room, man. Sell. And, you know what you're saying? I think, and I feel, I don't even know if anybody would want him. And I feel like an asshole because he's my favorite Yankee right now. But I think Glaber Torres has to go if you're selling. Like, he's young. He's shown that he can be an all star. He right now he's not hitting. He's I know the metrics say he's doing okay fielding, but I mean, he just looks lost out there at all times. I think he's a young enough and has had an okay enough career to this point to where you could still get a decent return for him. I think you start there and then you try and move pieces like Voight, you know, cheaper guys like salary wise that can kind of do stuff and 
Another name in the chat, Marcus Simeon should have never arrived in Toronto by Fritz Walter in the chat. Shout out to you. I agree. I mean, I think that's another one of the names that we should have at least, I don't even think during free agency, during during that period of time, he wasn't even mentioned by the Yankees as, as going after a guy like that. He was always talked about going to Toronto, and I think it was the Mets, and I think, you know, other teams, I don't know, but he just wasn't even remotely even thought about. And I think we should have given more thought to that. I think at the time... There was more hope that Glaber could play shortstop, so maybe that was why. I don't know. I think I, I think they had hopes that he would be able to turn around in some capacity. I think if, if you run it if you ran it back with the information we know now about Glaber Torres defensively, I think you're you're at least giving it a conversation now. It's like they talk about how trying trading for Marcus Simeon, who's been great for the past couple of years. So I agree. I think you should never survive in Toronto, but I think they made that decision based on, you know, what they had hoped for for Glaber, like I said, ship sailed on that. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think if I'm looking at people that we should sell right now, I don't think people are saying trade Chapman. I would think that's, I think that's, I think, listen, everybody knows Chapman's good. And everybody, know, I think we could get something back for Chapman. His contract's big. And I think this sample size isn't enough to be like, yo, who would want Chapman? So I disagree with that part, but well, no, but he's but in old. terms of but in terms of he's not that old, and he he showed this year that he, he's pitching he, he's capable of pitching very well for I think it, it was seventeen games he had a fucking point six zero FIP and he was the best he's ever looked. So I disagree with that premise, but I do agree with the camp that like this is not the time to trade him. I don't think him him doing this and having historically in the last fifteen games eleven five seven ERA. And the things that go viral and people hear about nationally are the blown saves, which he's been all over the fucking world. Everybody's seeing that. So if there was a good time to trade somebody, it sure as fuck isn't Chapman right now. A good time to trade somebody is a different conversation when you talk about guys like Judge, but I don't want to do that. See, I don't like the idea of being sellers at all. At some point, it may, it's the sensible thing to do because if you're talking about over the course of five years, you look at it from you know, a lens up top like that, like you, okay, that year you should have, you should have sold. And I think that I is think what's happening they, this year. I think they can retool with the pieces they have now and making the right off season moves and selling off the right things. Kind of like the 2016 team. Like I think they have the pieces in place to where they could compete again a, a year or two. Like, I don't think you need a full rebuild. And we I, said it before, look at the Red Sox. Well, even like I said, look at the um, the Yankees when they did it. Yeah. And then they came out in 2017. They're a game from the World Series. And that was before they had Glaber and all that, like good Glaber. <clears throat> but actually, I have a 1B to this question for you. And that is, do you actually think, it might be a dumb question, do you think Aaron Judge is a Yankee for the rest of his career as it sits right now? If you had to. If I was, no, if I was in charge? Head, not if you were in charge. Do you, as a fan, think that that's going to end up happening? If you had to predict the future, if you asked me at the beginning of this year, I would say absolutely yes. I think the answer still is yes to me, but I think it's there's a big wrinkle that's being thrown into this into this situation, and that wrinkle is the fact that Cashman may not have a job at the end of this year, so you have no clue who the next guy is yet or what he'll do. I think that being said, if Cashman does lose his job, I think there's a very like high chance that. Judge does not finish his career with the team because that guy is probably going to want to come in and try and clean house and, and shake something up. I don't know if Judge is that guy. I do think things will look a lot different if somebody comes in because then why are you getting a new GM anyway? Clearly, 
the reason why you would get rid of a GM is because what you have here and what the last GM has built isn't working. So when you, the guy comes in next, he's going to blow shit up, whether you like it or not. But that's what you signed up for with getting a new GM. So I think that question is definitely, I have two answers for that. And that, those are two alternate universes. But I, I think because that is a wrinkle, the fact that Cashman could lose his job after this year, I think my answer would be like 60% yes, Judge finishes his career with the Yankees. If I was the owner of the Yankees, if I was the GM of the Yankees, I would keep Judge. I, I would. And I, I don't, I mean, dude, he's playing a, a lot this year. I, I know he will get hurt the rest of his career. I think he's just, he's a very, very good player. That's obvious. But, I mean, I think here's the thing. If you have got him on the team, I think you can, one, I mean, to re-sign him, that's, that's a mutual thing. He may not like the way we've treated players, so he may not want to re-sign with the Yankees. I don't know. We, we, we created the judges' chambers for him, but you know, if you're, if you're seeing this shit and the financial situation that the Yankees will be in with other contracts that are bad, that they have to eat, now they have two huge contracts. But I, I mean, I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of moving parts. I don't like the, the, the fact that you know, ownership and management is pointing fingers at the players and not pointing fingers at the management. It's like that's, I said that last episode. I don't think that's a good look. I don't think players would like that very much. If you're a prospective player that is going to come to the Yankees or a current player that's on the Yankees that may be looking to get another contract extension like judge I'm saying. So I don't know. I think I would, I would keep him. I, now that I've been talking about this out loud, I probably would put that at closer to 50%. I think that's it's a, I think it's a coin flip. The, the fact that he finishes his, his career in pinstripes. That's that's I was thinking about it today. I was like, you know, if, I think it's a no brainer after this year because this thing's always been health and I show you can be healthy. I'm not saying give him like a 15 year deal or anything, but I think it would be a no brainer. I just I don't know that this team is going to stick together with this core they have. I actually know for a fact it's not unless they're just perfectly content with losing every year, which they might be. It's that's what it looks like. But I don't know. I feel like, like you said, if you get a new GM in there and you want a clean house, he's your most attractive trade piece. I mean, there's nobody else on this team right now that you could get even a close return to what you would get for Judge. I just can't see him in another uniform. I see people do the jersey swaps. I just don't fucking that would that would hurt me. There's there are a few that hurt me because I know it happens, but like that would hurt. That would be a bad one. Dude, you want to know what kind of hurt me the other day? We were talking about somebody, I don't know, one of our relievers sucking ass. Dude, that would hurt me. I just, I'm looking at other games. I'm sorry for cutting you off. But I looked at no, just like the Dodgers. Like imagine seeing Judge in a Dodgers uniform or an Angels or something, like other teams like that. That would hurt. That would hurt right yeah. here. And I think I'm going to bump my – if I were a GM today, I would keep Judge for sure. Yeah. That would hurt so no, bad. I, I know you would. I'm just saying since we're apparently a poverty franchise. No, I think it's a coin afford- flip. Oh, fucker, man. I mean, like, it hurt for me just to see guys like Tommy Canely in a different jersey. You know who, you know where, you know where Judge could actually go now that I'm watching these games up here? I could see him going to the Giants. Don't say that. A retooled Giants team. They have the, they have the salary cap. They, the reason why they were like such a shock is that they were supposed to be spenders in this upcoming offseason. They built like a very, they have very good financial, you know, they, they can, they can go out and spend. I think he could be. If we were to get a new GM this offseason, I think the script has been lining up for, like I said, if, if there's a new GM, he's probably going to be the most attractive piece to sell off. I think Judge on the Giants could absolutely be in the cards. I don't want he's that to happen. There, he? He's from California. Not San Francisco, but yeah. I know he's not there. 
God, don't. Okay, enough of that. This but you, the fact that you just got upset there means you agree, and that, that's the, the stars are aligned for that. Yeah. No, I never disagree. I was just curious. I was thinking about it. Today. I was like, shit, that's a real possibility. I don't know. Play me a voicemail or something. Make me happy again. We do have a few voicemails. If you do want to call into the show in future episodes, what we're going to start doing from now on is uh, since we have a bunch of a uh, bunch of segments that we just kind of have been doing willy nilly, we're going to put some a little bit of a structure to this now. And uh, so Monday, so the Tuesday episode that you're listening to right now, if you're listening to live in the chat, uh, we're going to do hot or not and voicemails. We'll save the voicemails for once a week there. Then we'll do the action episodes on Wednesdays, along with the stat nugget segment and stat talk new segment that the action guys will do for us. And that should be a little bit of a fun situation there. We'll get to that when we get to it. And then Thursday will be rounding thirds where you guys send in your, your hot takes and we buy or sell them there. But today is going to be the voicemail episode. And we do have the same callers as always call in. Steve and G have called in again. So shout out to them. They actually will be coming on to the trivia that we're going to be doing live on Twitter and YouTube I think we're doing it Wednesday, Wednesday at around seven. So subscribe to the YouTube there, Bronx Pinstripes YouTube. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be Chandler and Damon versus Steve and G. So they'll be making their fa- their debut and everybody can get a look at what they, their faces look like along with us. Cause I don't even know what they fucking look like either. They could be just, I, I don't know what they are. I actually, I saw the pictures, but you know, I almost met up with them at the game, but they kind of flaked on me, kind of flaked on me, a little bit pissed about that, Steve and G. But they did call back, and if you want to call into the show, 914-469-2168, that is the number to call. Leave us a voicemail. Keep it under a minute. Steve and G did not, so we're going <laughs> to we're gonna cut them short a little bit there. But, uh, yeah, leave your name where you're from, and we will shout you out in the pod and play it out. Dave down in Tampa, also known on Instagram at Splitting Tens. I love your post. I love your site. All of it. I'm getting tired of this shit with our Yankees. You know, number one, Cashman has been listening to the wrong people for so long. Living in Tampa, I've been able to speak to members of this organization that are no longer with them. They went on to other ones. And until the Yankees get that philosophy of putting the ball in play and moving runners over up and down that fucking lineup, we're never going to do shit in October. Preach. Having one guy batting 350. And eight guys after that, all hitting home runs or striking out, is not going to do shit. Bridge. And while we're on the topic, how about Aaron Boone represent this franchise and wear a fucking jersey every day he's managing the team while he still has the job? Maybe when we fire his ass and get somebody else in there, that guy will wear the jersey and represent his team at Pride. And then let me hear some more talk about Aaron Judge being the leader of this team. Hey, he's a great kid. And he plays the game the right way, keeps his mouth shut. You can't say anything bad about the guy like that. Patterns himself after Derek Jeter, being Mr. Cool and Mr. Even Keel. And that's all fine and good. Only difference is Jeter had guys like O'Neal, Rochus, and Tino, Jorge Fasada, throwing water coolers and throwing punches and keeping people in line. Who the fuck is going to do that for these guys right now? Besides nobody. These guys need to get a fucking clue and get a real team together. I got to tell you, I've been a Yankee fan since the 70s. My father saw Babe Ruth play. My brother saw Mickey Mantle play. I saw Joe DiMaggio in pinstripes at Old Timers Day. Whatever. The lineage is there, and I'll never leave. But, man, 
It's a lot more fun to watch the fucking Tampa Bay Rays down here than it is to watch this fucking shit show in the Bronx. Love you guys. Maybe I'll hear this on your podcast. Maybe I won't. Take whatever you will from this and, and chop it up, guys. Have a great day, and I'll keep tuning in. See ya. Appreciate the call, as always. Didn't Did you catch the name, Chandler? No, I was too busy. I've been focusing. Just on too busy that. agreeing to whatever he. Dude, well, no, that was a good call. Let me tell you this: I've been focused on the Aaron Boone wearing the jersey, and I'm thinking back on it, and I can't like the last time I remember him wearing a jersey was the Savages in the Box. I don't even know if he wore it then. Good call. Good call. You know what? You know what? I named that call. I named them to give me that like, context of what what I want to do with them. I named that one awesome call. Let's use it because <laughs> that because oh, that was a good call. And I, dude, I agree with everything he said. The jersey thing, you know, he may not have the job, so he's clearly just not gonna not gonna do that thing. But uh, he did make mention of the conversation we had last week, and that was about you know Judge not being the guy who leads the team and, and can scream and yell and all that stuff. And that's he, he brought up a good little wrinkle of that is that Jeter did act the same way, and we didn't scream at them like we didn't tell Jeter to do that. One, that team was good, and like he said, there was other guys on the team too that did it for him. We don't have that. So judge that like that mentality can play. It's just when it's the only guy on as a leader, like he said, that's not gonna play. Like you need somebody to fire the team up, especially when they're so low like this. So, you know, that may not necessarily be who Judge is. So you can't point the finger, I guess, at him and be like, yo, why aren't you this a- like animated guy like Jazz Chisholm, like we mentioned before? You just can't do that. It's just the fact that we don't have another one. It's like, you're the leader. Now what? Fire this team up a bit. And I guess that guy is Odor. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, guess. It's bad when your hype man is hitting under 200 and you don't want him on anywhere near the field. Yeah. Fuck us. Appreciate the call. 914-469-2168. Call in. Leave your name, where you're from, and we will put you on the pod. Next conversation comes to us from, I don't know where. Let's see. Jersey. Um, I was listening to the podcast. You guys are talking about Garrett Cole. Appreciate not you. Not being a number three starter in the league. We're being a number three starter in the league. And uh, his struggles and woes and whatever. Um, I kind—I got to be honest. I don't think he's a number three starter anymore without substances. And here's why. You know, he goes to Houston in 2018. He, he, the guy had a four ERA when he was in Pittsburgh. He was not good when he was in Pittsburgh. Um, then he goes to Houston, and we now know that they were cheating with the cameras and all that other crap. Uh, so, honestly, what makes you guys not think that they weren't using spider tack or whatever that, or some other form of substance, you know? Uh, so, obviously, his ERA came down when he started going there, using spider tack, all that shit. So now that he can't use it, what makes you not think that he? What makes you think that he's not going to be, you know, the Garrett Cole of Pittsburgh again? Yeah, I, I have no reason to believe that Garrett Cole is still this top flight ace without spider tag. You know, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Let me know what you think. Appreciate the call as always. I, dude, exactly what I said earlier. Yeah, we so, talked about that before, but we could get back into it a little bit. I think it's it's absolutely when we had that conversation. I think that he's referring to. I don't think you could say that he wasn't at the time. I think now it's a conversation for sure. I think there are definitely some damn good pitchers there. 
But again, you have to look outside the the Yankee walls and look around and be like everybody else's shit. Not everybody else's like stats and everything is down completely, but other people, all of them are using spider attacks. So if you were to take a look around the league, there is some negative regression among all of the top flight pitchers for sure. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, I think a lot of the spotlight is on Cole because he was the first to be called out and he's the one who gets paid the most. So like, that's why, but I think it's definitely a conversation and I think there is reason to be worried. Like we said, so I, I think we answered that question a lot more before, but just to reiterate, that's, that's where I sit with it. I think you're absolutely right. If you think that he's not a top three right now, I think you're absolutely, you're, you're not wrong is what I want to say, but I think he has, he can bounce back in a big way. Like if you look at his season stats, we broke it out by the first, the first 52 innings pitch and the last 52 innings pitch. And it was a four, seven something ERA versus a one, three, whatever. And you know, that, that is a conversation. There is a difference there. That is reason to worry. But then when you average them out for the full season, he's still got a two something ERA, which is great. So like, that is why, you know, he hasn't been like Chapman in the second half where it's been like 11, three, seven ERA, which turns his season ERA up to a four eight or whatever the fuck it is, he has still been not unbelievably bad for like a four seven seven in that in half of a year is not terrible. Like you said, you know he's getting paid a lot of money, and it is kind of worrisome when those numbers are when you put the context of the sticky shit in the crackdown. That makes it a little more worrisome as to like potential negative regression to continue, but. In terms of the full season now, and you look at his numbers right now, he's still, you know, probably favored to win the Cy Young in the AL, he's, or if not close. And it's like, that's the conversation. You have to look at it in that way. Like I said, with the spider attack situation and the negative regression maybe continuing, that is the argument to be made there. But I don't know. I, I, what do you think about that? Just to put a button on I that mean, conversation. Just to, like I said, like you couldn't have put it better to put a button on it. Um <laughs> He asked for one reason why we think he still could be, and I'm just going to go back to Garrett Cole's baseball IQ and how he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's looking at. He understands the game well. So I think if he goes and he looks, and unless he just really doesn't have talent, but he was a first-round pick twice. So, I mean, the guy's clearly got talent. He's got knowledge of the game. I think because of that, he has a chance to come back. And, you know, I don't think he'll ever be the sub two, like one, three ERA guy again. That's just, that well, is why not, that. though? I, I don't agree with that. Problem. Well, because you're never going to get that. You're never going to have the location on your pitches and that bite on your pitches without that stuff. You need. You need that stuff to be able to throw like Yes, that. but they could also come out and be like, hey, here's an approved substance that we can use. You know, like that 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 is why I don't think this is the be all end all. I think yep. the MLB will figure something out, whether it's that fucking machine they're gonna use or whatever. I think it's, it's not, not gonna, gonna just be, be this. Attack, no, it's not gonna be spider attack, but it's gonna be something. I think right now they're using they're going raw because they are scared to be caught with anything. So I think there's gonna be something that's figured out. And obviously, like there's something that should be figured out. Like pitchers should have something to get a grip on a baseball like a batter can do with with the the the, the, the pine tar on their bats. They have a bunch of different things they can use. Why can't pitchers use it? And it's a safety thing. Like if they don't have anything to keep the ball, there are a lot of pitchers that probably need it more than others. Chapman being one of them who throws 100 plus miles per hour and he clearly can hit people and people don't want to get a hit. And when you look at the, the walk numbers for him and for Garrett Cole, guys who throw very hard, 
you want that shit as a batter. And people have been outspoken about that. It's like, I want people to have grip. I want people to have grip. That's it. You know, like, I think that's a safety issue for them as well. So I don't know. I think when that gets figured out on its own, something needs to be done. I think, I think something, somebody needs to, I mean, it, I don't know if it happens for the rest of the year. Maybe they regroup over the all-star break and they figure out what to do in terms of substances. But I think the conversation of him never getting back to that is a little bit early to say. I think it's only been 50 innings post-crackdown, and I think they'll figure something out and he'll get back to it. I think, I don't, I, I think there's still some in the tank uh, in terms of Garrett Cole. He just, signed, he just inked this contract. Like He's going to be a good pitcher. I think top three is where we're talking right now, and I think there's, there's merit to saying that he potentially may not be top three. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to add to that. Next call. Sucks to watch. I just sat here for four hours in game one of the Subway Series, and it's just, it's bad baseball all around. This whole season has been just one entire dick punch. I'm so done. And I'm going to keep watching because, you know, fuck. And he called back. What the fuck <laughs> happened to Chapman? <laughs> Where's the moon star that took all of his ability? He sucks right now. Holy shit. He can't do anything. Oh, my God. Might as well put fucking Luis Sessa in there instead of him. Jesus Christ. Can we just have one game where everything goes right? Fuck. <laughs> thank you. Honestly, thank you for breaking those up into two calls because it added the emphasis on the what the fuck because just the two tones. But I appreciate the call. Now we're four four six nine two one six eight calls, um, dude. I don't know. I, I don't. I think where is the moon star that took all of his ability? Uh, I would disagree with you there, and I think Chandler would agree with me with the disagreeing that we should put Sessa in there. Sessa's currently on the Sun, so I don't think he's available to pitch either yeah, way. He's he's on the uh, the permanent Sun IL forever. Yeah, I don't ever. I don't care the situation. I don't care the stats. I don't ever want to see Luis Sessa in a baseball game in any capacity. I don't want to see him as a pinch runner. Which, no shit, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no. I, I, I don't think he will be available. I mean, the sun's pretty far away. He might he might have some trouble getting back to the earth. So, uh, I honestly, have, have you seen him pitch a little bit? I haven't, unless I'm blind. Uh, I think he gave up a bomb the other day. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to ask you, is he genuinely angels. on the sun? Like, have, I no, on the, he gave up a home run against the Angels. No. Um, yeah. Not fun. And then to cap this episode off, Steve and G did call well, Steve alone, his buddies. Steve G, gonna catch, gonna talk to you on Wednesday. Keep it under a minute, and we love the calls. Keep calling back. We're gonna keep playing you guys, but let's have a little bit of uh, organization to this call. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I like to hear the chaos in it. It's how everybody feels. It's the dumpster fire we're going through right now. So exactly. Don't listen to Luke. Boys, we got me, Steve, and we got Swing here. We got Nate, and we got Special Pants and Rubs right here. Listen, I want a motherfucking truly slash white club. Fuck, baby. Fuck, baby. Fuck Aaron Boone. He's a piece of shit. You want to bring Aaron Boone in a five to fucking four? Same situation. He's got big, smelly, elephant, baby pot. Stupid. You're pissing me off right now. We got to fucking get a new closer because we fucking suck. You know what? You're making a special appearance here. It's Nick on the show, okay? Let me tell you one thing. 
I fucking hate the Yankees. Not one player on the fucking Yankees that I like. You know what? I was fucking lying. I like DJ LeMayhew. He's a solid player. I'll also be totally fucking honest. You know, fuck. actually, you know, fuck baby White Claw. You know, fuck. I got you something know, to say. I'll be totally honest. These guys are a walking White Claw ad, but appreciate the call. Keep it under a minute. Come with a plan here, Steve and G. Been missing G for a little bit, but Steve no and Steve and friends Please do not come with a plan. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, they are a little bit of a microcosm of of the current state of the Yankees, and I think I can't wait to start playing better and then hear their reaction to be like, "I told you, boys! Like I told you, we're gonna come back and play well." <laughs> and they, they were positive in the first couple ones. They are optimistic at, in, as in a general sense. So appreciate the call. And I think that will do it for us here, unless you have any other closing remarks there, Chandler. No, we fucking suck. Do something. <laughs> change something. Fire someone. Oh, you know what, too? What? We're going to have to be watching games at 10 o'clock. I mean, to the people listening, one, appreciate you. If you could leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, we'd appreciate you. Um, dude, I, I don't blame you if you don't want to watch these 10 o'clock games. I don't. I don't blame you. I think it's a three-game series against the Mariners starting tomorrow. This is the first time that this is going to feel like work. Yeah. And you got we got to record after those games. Nah. That may be a morning record sesh. Yeah. Damon's going to be one grumpy man if yeah. we record after those games. Especially if you go surfing in the morning like he usually does. Yeah, he's going to be a pouty little bitch if we have to record that at like 2 a.m. Yeah, so... That will do it from us. I don't know. Not many expectations going forward for this for this baseball organization, but you know we'll we'll continue to watch, and we hope you guys continue to listen. Uh, one more thing before we sign off here: uh, we are going to have that trivia, like I said on Wednesday. If you do want to become the next guest, Stephen G will be the inaugural guest on the show for that trivia. We're going to throw that. On the back end, if you don't catch it live on Bronx Pinstripes YouTube, one, you can go subscribe there. We do the episodes live there. Um, If you don't catch it live, we're going to throw that on the back end of the Friday episode where we are going to do, you know, rounding third, stat nugget, stat talk, all that stuff. That's going to be on the back end of that show, similar to what we did with the the Mets series uh, preview. So that'll be fun. And we may do that depending on how you guys like it. We may continue to do that on a weekly basis, semi-weekly basis, whatever you guys want to do. And if you enough people want to be on the show and challenge the boys, it's called Beat the Boys. That's awesome, too. If you want to submit questions to the Beat the Boys segment of the show, uh, Fritz Walker, Walter, greetings from Germany. Shout out to you. Said bye, but peace. <laughs> but uh, if you want to if you want to send in some questions, uh, our, our DMs, Germany, fun fact. Yeah, our DMs are always open. So you could send us some questions. Send us just the question, not like A, B, C, or D. Just send us the the question that you want us to use, and we will we'll use it if it's if it's good enough. Some of them, if they're too hard, I don't know, but we'll we'll definitely we appreciate the the questions that you send us. So DMs are always open. If you want to email it to us at the one sixty one podcast at gmail dot com, that works too. Also on the Tuesdays, Tuesday nights before the like the day before the show. We'll put up a, a little bit of a story poll question thing of whoever wants to send in questions. You can send them there. And I will always be researching questions as well because I'm bored and don't have anything else to do. So that will be a fun thing to look forward to going forward and let us know if you guys enjoy it. 
and we will keep doing stuff. And if you have any ideas for other stuff that you want to see us do, feel free to let us know that too, because we are always open to doing other stuff, keeping ourselves busy and keeping ourselves honestly not talking about the Yankees. So that's why I'm excited for these, uh, these Jeopardy slash trivia sessions, because that's just less of the same that we, we could break it up the monotony of this podcast a little bit and do a little bit of fun stuff because baseball is fun and we don't want to forget about that. And there's a lot of fun things to talk about and we will. So appreciate you guys listening. Shout out to everybody who stuck it out to the end here and listen to my dumbass and Chandler's dumbass talk about this dumbass team. So <laughs> we will catch you guys later. All the guys at 161st street. I just have two words for you. See ya. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.